boss. We know that this is our healing and deliverance night, but we got some people we have to pray for. We have some brothers and sisters that need prayer. So if you guys can just line up right over here. Come up and pray. There we go. Rapid fire prayer is 30 to 60 second prayer. And we just want you to come up here. God hears your heart as you stand in the gap for the lost. Amen. You can use this mic. Father God, I lift up Arizona and New Mexico to you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. And I just pray, Lord God, that you would keep the people safe, that you would stop the wildfires and the drought right now, Lord God. I pray that rain would fall, Lord, that their crops would not go dry, that they would not go dead, Lord God, and that you would protect every person and comfort every person that has been affected by this, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we just come before your presence right now. We pray for the labors in the churches of Nepal, Father God. We just pray that they would arise and preach the gospel to the lost, dear God. I pray for a special anointing over Nepal, over the leadership in the name of Jesus, Father God, that lives would be changed and transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost. I pray, Father God, that you will send them out, dear God, and that you would raise up a mighty army in Nepal, dear God, that you would break the chains in Jesus' name, that idols would fall in Jesus' name, and that the name of Jesus, the banner would be lifted high. Touch our co-labors in Nepal, Father. Oh, in the name of Jesus, we declare liberty. We declare salvation in the name of Jesus, that the lost would come into the fold in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen again. God, I pray for our churches in Nigeria, Father God. I pray that you would meet their finances, Lord. God, that they wouldn't have to want for anything, God, but that you would take care of them, Lord God. I pray for supernaturally, God, that you would open up the floodgates of heaven and pour them out so many blessings, God, that they wouldn't have room to receive, God. I pray that you would give our pastors strength in this hard time, Lord God, and let them know that you are the same God in Nigeria that you are in the United States, God, that you still meet our needs, that you are faithful, God. Lord, I, I pray that they continue to be faithful in everything that they do, Lord God, and that you would meet their needs needs in their finances in Jesus name hallelujah Jesus we lift up the churches in India God we ask, Lord, that you will send your revival rain, God, over that land. We pray for your wisdom and knowledge, power, authority, and anointing over our pastors. We declare, God, that the lost will be saved, that the captives will be set free, God. I declare, Jesus, the disciples will be made in India, that they will raise up, God, to start a revolution in their nation, God, that will change the course of history. I lift up Pastor Amit and Pastor Anil to you. I pray, Lord God, that you give them creative anointing and ideas, God, so that their work may be prosperous, God. I declare, Lord, for eyes to see and ears to hear. Do a mighty move in India, God. Save India, Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Bring in the end time harvest in that land in Jesus' mighty name. Father God, we're coming to you in the name of Jesus, that the revivals of the youngest adults, Father God, that will rise up in, in, the, 
In the name of Jesus, that there will be a revival in the young adults, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for the power of the Holy Ghost that it will move in the young adults. And it will be a mighty army for the name of Jesus, Father God. And we will live passionately. They will rise and live passionately. Young adults will just rise up in the name and they will become boldness as the lion, Father God. And that they will come to declare and to revive all that is lost, Father God. In the name and authority, name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Father God, right now I pray for the young man who lost his life all of a sudden, tragically, this past week. My God, I pray, Father God, that you give the friends and family your peace, my God. The peace that surpasses and transcends all understanding, my God, and that your comfort, my God, will come to them, my Lord. You bind up broken hearts, my God. You are the only healer of a broken heart, my God, and you will change lives, my God. And I pray, Father God, that you use this situation to bring your good, my God, that you bring people into your salvation, my Lord, that they find their true identity and happiness in you, my God. Oh, Father God, just comfort this family and the, and the friends of this young man, my God. And I just pray, my God, that you touch the young people, my God, in Chicago and all over the world, my God, that they may become a generation lit on fire for you, my God. I pray all this, my Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Jesus, Father God, I pray against the persecution in Pakistan and that this nation will come to Jesus Christ, Father God. Lord God, I ask that you will convict those that are persecuting our leaders out in Pakistan, God. God, the, the way you converted Paul, Father God, we ask that your Holy Spirit will fall upon the people that are persecuting God. That you will raise up Paul's, Father God, in Pakistan, Father God. You did it with Paul, God. I pray right now that you would do it with the ones that are persecuting the, the, the leaders in Pakistan that are trying to further your gospel, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray that you comfort the leaders, that you can bring peace upon them, Father God. And Lord God, that they will not get discouraged, God, but they will be encouraged, Lord God. For your word says, Lord Jesus, the blessed of the persecutors, for there, for there is the kingdom of God in their hands, Father God. I pray, Lord God, that you set freedom, Father God, in Pakistan, Lord God. We ask for freedom in the name of Jesus, that persecution would come to an end in Jesus' name, Father God. Hallelujah. Come on. If anybody else has a, any more prayer requests in this place, if there's somebody on your heart you want to stand in the gap for, the mic is open right now. God has put anything or anyone on your heart that you should pray for. Come and stand in the gap for them right now. Amen. Lord, we give you this service, dear God. We, we just pray that you would be glorified, that your name would be lifted high, and that you would come, that you would meet with us, your children. God, I pray for your hands to touch those who are sick in their bodies, dear God, just like you said you would, Lord. I pray that you would bring deliverance, dear God, to those who are bound here tonight, dear God, and those family members and friends in our lives. In Jesus' name, you receive all the glory. And everybody said... Amen. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I just sense that the same spirit of just us just coming before God just with our hearts. If you can just keep on playing that softly in the back for me. I just want you guys to just leave your seats, find a place up here at these altars, and we're just going just gonna to prepare our hearts for what's going to be happening today. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you, God. Let's just begin to pray, church. Come on, let's just begin to pray. This is a different crowd that comes in Wednesdays.
Today is our healing deliverance service. And I know that if, if you're coming to a service like this, it's not an ordinary service. You're desperate and you're hungry for something. Come on, you get there through prayer. Come on. So we worship you, Lord. Oh, we your people. We press in today. We press in today. Oh, we want so much more. We want so much more. Jesus, there's so much more. There's so much more to you. Oh, show us your glory. Show us your glory. Oh, we want to see you, Lord. We want to be with you. We want to be with you. Come on, just praise the Lord today. Oh, we're desperate, Lord. We're desperate, Lord. Oh, come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice today. Oh, you changed my world. You changed my world. Oh, I'm not the same. Oh, I'm not the same because of you. Because of you, Lord. I have freedom. I have a peace in my life. Oh, this joy. Oh, this joy today with you. Oh, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Oh, we lift our voice. We lift our voice. Oh, come on and lift your voice. Oh, we sing to you. Yeah, we sing to you. All your people we sing. We sing to you, mighty God. Yeah, we sing to you. Yeah, we sing to you. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. I just want to speak this into you before we start worship right now. That you need to be bold. When you come in the presence of God, the Bible says to you, you can come to him boldly. You're not afraid. See, he takes off the burdens. He takes off your sins. So you, you have this freedom to just be with God. There's, there's no, nothing stopping you. There's no block. There's no hindrance other than your sin. So if that's you in this place, I'm just going to give you these next couple moments to just say, God, forgive me. I don't want my sin to stop me from getting to you in worship right now. Come on. If you raised up idols before the Lord, before we start worship, I want you to get them out the way right now. Because I feel God's going to do some things in this time of worship. Now is not the time to be conservative in church. Now is not the time to be thinking about what you're going to be doing. Right now is the time to focus on the Lord. Come on, tear down those idols. Come on, what's an idol? If you put... Friends before God, if you put your job before God, if you put family before God, these are all good things. But if they come before God, if those things have stopped you from meeting with the Lord, it's an idol. Come on, throw it down right now. Oh, we're throwing down idols in this place. You said if my people would humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways... 
You will hear us from heaven and you will answer our prayers and you will heal our land. Father, there's an anointing in this place. There is a break chain anointing in this place for you to receive it. Come on. We're going to sing some songs of worship right now. I want you guys with that same, with the same spirit, that same hunger to go for it. Let's go after God. Amen. Amen. I'm alive, I'm alive to bring glory to you, King, God of victory, you are my passion. It's the way, it's the way you are, you don't change at all, great and humble God, you are my passion. Sing my strength, my strength in life is I am yours, my soul delights because i sing it your will on earth is all i'm living for jesus i glorify jesus my love is yours you are my heart's desire and i live to love you more And I'm alive And I'm alive to bring Glory to you, King God of victory Sing it It's the way you are You don't change at all Great and humble, God You are my passion Sing my strength Strength and life his I am yours, my soul delights because I, your will, earth is all I'm living for. Jesus, I glorify. Jesus, my love is yours. You are my heart's desire. And I live to know, sing Jesus, in Jesus I glory, in Jesus my love is yours, you are my heart's desire, and I I'm alive, I'm alive to bring glory to you, King, God of victory. Come on, sing you are. It's in the way you are, you don't change at all. Great and humble God, 
you are my passion. For every voice, sing it out. My strength in life is I am yours. My soul delights because I am yours. Your will on earth is all I'm living for. Jesus, I glorify. Jesus, my love is yours. You are my heart's desire. And I live to know, sing Jesus. And Jesus, I glorify. Jesus, my love is yours. You are my heart's desire. And I live to know. Come on, just a voice. Jesus, I glorify. Sing it out. You are. You are my heart's desire. And I live to know. Sing it again. Say, Jesus, I glorify. Jesus, my love, you are. You are my heart's desire. And I live. My strength in life is I am yours. My soul delights because will. My strength, my strength. In life is I am your soul. Your will on earth is all I'm living for. My strength. Because I am yours, your will on earth is all I'm living for. Jesus, I glorify. Jesus, my love is yours. You are my heart's desire, and I live to know. Sing, Jesus. Jesus, I glorify. Jesus, my love is yours. You are my heart's desire. And I. Come on, let's sing that again. Jesus. Jesus, I glorify. My love is yours. You are 
It's not for us to sound good. It's not for us to look good. But it's to bring glory to God. The purpose of these worship songs is not to focus on ourselves. Some of you here are just focused on yourselves. I want you guys to break loose. I want you guys to just just focus on the Lord today. This is what it's about. This song is saying, Jesus, I glorify Jesus. My life is yours. You are my heart's desire. And I live to know you more. Jesus, I glorify Jesus, my love. Come on, sing it from your heart. You are, and you are my heart's desire, and I live to know you more, and Jesus, I in this place it's about a holy God it's about a mighty God who meets with his people who meets with his children I don't have to be afraid I can worship today Holy before the throne, holy before the throne. Oh, it's about you, Jesus. It's about you, Jesus. Spirit ministry today. Jesus 
to break every chain, to break every chain, break every. There's power, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break. To break, to break every chain, to break every chain. Consciousness to break, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Help me sing it. There is power in the name of. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain. All sufficient and all sufficient sacrifice. So. Heaven's price for all redemption. Heaven's gates swing wide. Oh, swing wide. Oh, there's power. There is power. If you believe it, I want you to raise up your hands and let's sing it together as one body today. Let's believe it and confess it. You serve His power to break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain, break every. Go sing it out. To break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain. He's breaking chains. He's breaking chains. Oh, you break, you break up chains. You pray that you do. Yes, Lord, break the chain. Break the chain, break the chains, break the chains, break the chains, break the chains, yeah. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. We lift our hands because the chains are broken. Oh, we're free. There's freedom in this place. There's freedom in this place. There's healing in this place. Oh, He's a God that answers by fire. Oh, He's still alive. 
He's still alive. He's still strong. He's still strong today. Oh, let him break the chains. Let him break the chains. Break the chains. Break the chains. Oh, Jesus, break the chains. Break the chains. Break the chains. Oh, every situation is broken off. It's broken off of you. Oh, Jesus paid too much a price for you to be in chains today. Oh, this faith, this faith in this place. I'll break every chain. You break every chain. Break every chain. To break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. To break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain to break every chain, break every chain. Who lift up your voice in one course in this place? Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Yes, to break every chain, break every chain, break it. Oh, it's broken. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, yeah. Lord, Lord, lift your name, Lord. bless your people. Cause His glories rising up cause my glory is rising up cause my glory is rising up to break every chain break every oh, this is what the Lord sings to you today Cause my glory, it's rising up. Cause my glory is rising up. Cause my glory is rising up. To break every chain, break every chain. Oh, come on. There's an army, there's an army rising up. Oh, there's an army, it says an army rising up. It says an army rising up. To break every chain, break every if you're part of that army, let's sing that again. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. Sing, I'm an army. I'm an army rising up. To break every chain, to break every chain, break every Break every chain, break every. Sing it out, yeah. 
to break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, it's broken off the chains. He's broken off your chains. Hallelujah. Lord God Almighty, we praise you in this place, dear God. We thank you that at the name of Jesus, dear God, all things are possible. We thank you, dear God, that we don't have to beg. We don't have to do anything. We just ask in the name of Jesus, and it is done, dear God. We declare in this place chains broken today, dear God. Holy Spirit, take full control of this service. We give you praise, glory, and honor right now for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise right now. Amen. Amen. Do you guys look to your neighbor, find a new friend today before you get seated. Welcome them to Encounter Night. Right, everybody, welcome to Encounter Night here at Metro Praise see a lot of new visitors we want to welcome you here this is encounter night metro praises uh prayer ministry so we come and we encounter night we encounter god every wednesday at 7 p.m so if this is your first time here we want to invite you to our sunday morning services we have one at 9 and one at 11 a.m so you are more than welcome to come join us every sunday and then also on fridays at 7 30 p.m we have our our elevate youth ministry elevate make some noise Elevate, make some noise. Come on. Every Friday at 7.30 p.m., our youth is meeting here and just doing it for Jesus. Amen. Tonight is our healing and deliverance service every last Wednesday of the month. We come here and we just expect God to do big things. So we just welcome you here every, every Wednesday. So, Amen. Here at Metro Praise, our vision is to love God and to love people. Our strategy is connect you to Jesus Christ, all right? We want to mentor you about Jesus and send you out to tell the world about Jesus and what he has done in your life. If you believe in that vision, say amen. Amen in that strategy. And our goal is to reach 100,000 souls in the city of Chicago with 50 churches here and 500 all around the world. And guess what? You and I are a part of that. We're going to do great things for the kingdom of God because he's called you and I to be disciples. So get excited about that. If you want to learn more about this, come talk to myself or any one of the other leaders today. Amen. One of the ways that we're going to get you connected is through life groups. Everybody say life groups. It's where you get life. All right. So if you want every, we have one on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday that you can get connected with. And this is where a leader will open up their home for you and you will get mentored through that leader. You will share life with that leader and you will just grow in fellowship and, and do, be all that you can be for Jesus. Amen? Amen. And so as we meet here right now, we have Royal Rangers, our ministry for boys, and we have Impact, 
for the girls. So any age can come, and this is our ministry to raise up our young children into men and women of God to be all that they can be. And Impact is actually having a girls camp coming up real soon, August 12th through the 14th. They're going to be doing awesome things here. They're going uh, away to, I believe, Springfield, Illinois. They're going to have giveaways, crafts, hiking, everything that you can think of. So it's $35 for a girl. And if you're an adult in this place, a woman, and you want to go help out, $25 for sponsor. Amen. And then we have our summer retreat coming up. Give it up for that. <laughs> we actually have our sign-up sheet in the back today. So if you want to sign up and you want to just prepare in advance, go ahead. It's $50 per person. If you don't have the money, don't even worry about it. Just come on out. We want you to come. We don't want you to miss this. It's going to be fun. We're going to have frisbee, volleyball. You can go canoeing. We have hiking, climbing, and so much more. Everything's included, food and the stay. So do not miss out, okay? So this is July 15th and the 16th coming up real soon. Amen. Tithes and offerings. Tithes, it's 10% of your total income. This already belongs to God. This is what we teach here at Metro Praise. You give 10% that already belongs to God. Anything that you give him after that is your offering. So if God has put it in your heart to give today, to give to missions, to give to a ministry, just go on ahead and give. God is going to do amazing things through it. And we're not going to actually take up offering in the back. So please make sure if you want to give, we have drop boxes right here in the back and also by the cafe. All right, so it's safe, and it goes directly to the people, to the ministries that you wanted to go to, and it's going to do amazing things. So let's pray for this right now, and we're going to have an awesome time today reaching out to God and just believing him to do big things. Amen? Lord, we just pray over this offering, dear God. If people have it on their heart to give, I pray, dear God, that they would know that it's going to do amazing things in the kingdom of God. Lord, we pray for your blessing over them. Dear God, if people are going through financial struggles, we just break this in the name of of Jesus, Lord, and we just pray that your blessings will pour out, Lord, in your mighty name, that you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. So make sure today, if it's on your heart to give, you go on ahead and give. Amen. Let's give it up for Pastor Joe. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Open up your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It's so good to see everybody here tonight. Thank you, my brother. We believe in a God that can do miracles. And uh, my wife and I and Adam and Christina, we just came back from India and Nepal, and we saw God do so many great miracles and signs and wonders out there. One of them was we saw demons cast out. How many saw the YouTube video of the demons cast out? Now, you know your church is a bad mamma jamma when they post on Facebook. And then you saw my face. I was like, Satanas. Dude, I am so serious. When I was looking at that man's eyes, I felt like I was looking at the devil, man. And uh, I want to tell you that the same power that was in India is here with us today. And it's not just any old type of power. It's not hydropower. It's not electric power. It is not nuclear power. The type of power that we need is Pentecostal power. So look at your neighbor and say, Pentecostal power. Come on, this is a message that I normally preach on the mission field, and they get so excited when they hear this because they're so tired of mamsy-pamsy Christianity. They need it to be real. They need it to be alive out there, charged with power. So I want you to hear the same message today. And those of you today who are not baptized in the Holy Spirit with the speaking in other tongues, we're going to believe you receive that by the Pentecostal power of Jesus Christ. 
Those that have addictions, things that are bound up in your heart, comes from evil and evil spirits. We want to believe that you're going to get set free in Jesus' name by Pentecostal power. Come on. And if you're sick in your body today, we still believe that Jesus Christ is a healer. And how he'll get the job done today is by what? Pentecostal power. Say it like you mean it. One, two, three. Pentecostal power. All right, look in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You know I'm excited. Come on. I bought, I brought my preach. Did you all bring your amen? Okay, there it is. Let's look at it. Just start in verse 7 so you can get the context. This is Jesus talking to his disciples before he leaves for heaven, and they stay to build the church. Here's what he says in verse 7. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Everybody look up, please. You know those kooks that said that it's going to happen May 21st? This is what tells you you should never listen to those people. Jesus said, It's not for us to know the day and the times when he comes back. Now, it's important that you believe Jesus is coming back, but I want you to know something. He's not coming like a baby in a manger, Odito Jesus. He is coming back as a conquering king, riding on a horse, here to bring Armageddon and set it straight. Amen? So if you are excited about Jesus coming back, say amen. So you don't have to worry about the date or the time. You just be ready to meet Jesus when he comes. Amen? Okay, keep going. Now, verse 8, we know that Jesus is going to come back. Don't know when, but here's what he tells us. Verse 8, but you will receive what? Come on, say it again. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want to talk to you about this Pentecostal power that is coming upon everybody that calls on the name of Jesus. See, today that Pentecostal power is on me, and I am being a witness to you. So I'm going to witness the power of God with you today. Demons getting cast out, sick people getting healed, speaking in tongues, hallelujah, shikaboomba. We're going to witness that today and then if you get close to the fire you're going to get the Pentecostal power on you so that you can share it with the world amen so that you can be a witness now I want you to see Jesus speaking at another time go to Mark chapter 16 and I want you to see the evidence or the signs that's going to happen in the believer's life when this Pentecostal power comes now Mark chapter 16 is another farewell speech from Jesus and many people ask, uh, Pastor, why do we have Matthew, Mark, and Luke in the book of Acts all telling us different things Jesus said before he left the earth? Sometimes they think it's contradictory because here in Mark 16, he doesn't mention about the Holy Spirit coming upon him, coming upon the disciples, but they mention these four signs. And then in Acts, who's written by Luke, he mentions the Holy Spirit but doesn't mention the signs. And sometimes people like to say this is a contradiction between the gospel writers, but there is no contradiction. The way I want you to look at it is quadraphonic sound. Somebody say surround sound. How many like going to the movies and you hear it all around you? You see, the book of Mark says one thing. The book of John says another thing. The book of Acts says another thing. And the book of Matthew says another thing. None of them are contradicting each other. They're all saying different things about the same things. And when you read the witness of these apostles, it's like all up in your head and in your spirit because God wants you to have it confirmed by two or three witnesses that it wasn't just one crazy person writing down stuff about this Jesus it was many people hearing Jesus talk 
And so if you missed it from what you read in Luke, you go back to Mark, and when you put it all together, you get a good gospel pie. Look at your neighbor and say, get a piece of the pie, baby. Come on, you need the gospel pie. Now look at Mark 16, verse 15. Jesus talking once again, giving his end words, his last sayings to his disciples. Look what he says. He said to them, go into all the world and big, build big churches and write books. Is that what he said? Go into all the world and build a crystal cathedral that you get kicked out of 50 years later for financial trouble. Did anybody even see that on the news? Another preacher got kicked out of a church for financial trouble. Did he say to go and do that? Did he say go into the world and become the best gospel singers you can be? Did he say go into the world and become the best church member you can be? What did he say? Go into all the world and preach good news to all the creation. Now here's where it is, verse 16. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. There's the gospel message. If you don't believe in Christ, you're condemned. If you believe in Christ and have the witness of water baptism, baptism doesn't save you, but it's a witness to the community of your testimony. It's a public sign of what happened to you inwardly. You come into the water dry. You're standing halfway between water and the dry air. You confess Christ, get dipped down into the water, and you come up soaking wet. You come into this life dry as a sinner. You come to the point of decision, will you accept Christ or reject him? When you accept him, you go down, bury your life with, the, with Jesus Christ in the grave, come resurrected with a new life, dripping wet. Look at your neighbor and say, I learned something. Come on, so you get baptized to demonstrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus being demonstrated in your death, burial, and resurrection of a new person, and that shows you've been saved. And if you believe in Christ, you're saved. You're not saved by good works, but saved to good works. If you know that you're saved, can you say amen? Come on, thank you. Now look at what he says. Verse 17, we all just proclaimed we're saved. He said, and now these signs will accompany those who believe. So the same belief that you had for salvation, that same simple faith, that childlike faith that said, I believe Jesus is Lord. I believe he died on a cross for me. I believe he rose again on the third day. That same simple faith is where you get the power to drive out demons. It says, and these signs will accompany those who believe. Number one, they will drive out demons. Number two, they will speak in new tongues. Number three, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. And number four, they will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. Are you all tracking with me? Amen? Thank you. Now look at verse 19. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere on their jobs, in the marketplaces, at 4th of July, picnics, everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. So when they went out and preached, they didn't go out in their own strength. They had Pentecostal power. Now I want to ask you a question. Is there any other way to preach than, without, than with Pentecostal power? Do you want to preach without it or do you want to preach with it? Do you want to be a Christian that has the Pentecostal power of God or do you want to be a Christian without it? Now sometimes people have asked me, Pastor, can I go to heaven without speaking in tongues, casting out devils, healing the sick and seeing miracles? Yes, you can, but it's not as fun.
Come on. Yes, you can, but it's not as fun. You can ask yourself this question. Can you go from the West Coast to the East Coast riding on a mule, on a stubborn old mule? Yes, you know. Can you ride on that mule? Yes, you can. It will take you a long time. But I'll tell you what. They got these F-22s that can go Mach 3. I'll tell you what. You can reach one side to the other in just an hour and a half, baby. It's up to you if you want to go here. Hee-haw, hee-haw, on a mule on your way to heaven with the frozen chosen. Or if you want to get on a steam jet engine for Jesus and do this thing the right way. Fire of God, come on. I don't know about you, but if God gave me the option between the F-22 and the mule, I'm taking the F-22. Yes, you can go to heaven being pimp slapped by the devil, having addictions control your life, being busted and disgusted. You can go through life like that and barely make it to heaven by the skin of your teeth. Or you can make it to heaven as a mighty conqueror, stomping on the devil, slaying giants, and being a world changer, history maker, and a roof breaker for the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. I've made a decision. I'm going with the power of God. Look at your neighbor and say, my mind's made up. Come on, you've got to make up your mind today. And I want you to see what these four things are. Just take our, let's take our time. Number one, verse 17, they would drive out demons. Do you know that in the time of Jesus, demons were the source of sickness and they were the sources of mental illness? Now, sometimes people look back at the Bible and they say, well, these primitive people didn't know any better. So they thought that the schizophrenic or the person that was sick had an evil spirit. And Jesus just played into their own misconceptions and gave them the thought that he was driving evil spirits, but really he was just giving them medicine. And so the Bible exaggerates and tells us a myth. My friends, if that is true, the whole Bible is false then. And I want to tell you, God is true and let every man be a liar. There were demons back then, and there's demons today. And let me tell you, demons are just as much at work now as they were then. And you can see the hunger for the supernatural, all in the movie industry, all with these vampires and all with these TV shows. People know that there's powers of darkness and light in this world. But the problem is what they don't understand is that the only answer to the problems and the powers of darkness is Jesus Christ. When Jesus walked around, he would see people foam at the mouth. And he would say to them in the name of, well, he wouldn't say in the name of Jesus. He would say, get out. And these evil spirits would get out because he is Jesus. Amen. He don't have to tell them who he was. As a matter of fact, the demons would actually say who he was. You're the son of man and you're going to torture us. And he would say, Shh, don't tell them who I am. And then he would cast them out. Because he did not want people to follow him like we would follow David Copperfield or Chris Angel or any other magician. He wanted people to follow him by faith. And I can tell you today that there are evil spirits in this world. Let me give you a quick history lesson of where they came from. We don't have time to get into it. But Ezekiel records that there was a time that Satan was called an angel of light and his name was Lucifer. And he was created with a free will and he was made to be the worship leader of heaven. And the Bible actually records that when he would move his wings somewhat like a hummingbird, just him moving his wings, beautiful music would come from him. 
And when he would talk, it was beautiful music. And he was the song leader of heaven. But one day while the angels of heaven were worshiping the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, he himself took that worship and said, this is for me. Just like I'm right here and you're looking at me, if I became with the wrong heart as a pastor, I could say they're here to hear what I have to say. And so Satan began to hear those songs of worship as they were giving it unto God. And he took it for himself. And he just said in his heart, he said, I want to make myself like God most high. I want to put my place where God is. And at that moment, God cast him out of heaven. And I want to tell you something. It wasn't a wrestling match like WWF. You know, Jesus hit the devil, then the devil hit Jesus. The Bible records when it happened, he fell like lightning. In a split moment, he was falling from heaven. But at that same moment, other angels, believe it or not, were tempted themselves to follow Satan and to worship Satan as opposed to God. Maybe they thought they would get a better piece of the pie. Maybe they would get more out of their angelic life. But the Bible says that a third of the innumerable, meaning you can't count them, the angels of heaven, a third of them chose to follow Satan. And at that moment, they became fallen spirits. And we see Satan appearing, not as a horned, pitchfork-tailed devil in the Garden of Eden, but as a serpent. And then we learn later on in the New Testament that he can even appear as an angel of light. So Satan has been very, very cunning and very deceptive. And there's a lot of people, even today, that are having relationships with Satan and evil spirits and don't even understand it because he's deceptive. When people think they're talking to their lost grandmother or they're seeing an aberration in their room, they see the appearance of somebody they knew on this earth. But that is not that person. That is an evil spirit pretending to be that person. Some of you here might have had those experiences. I'll tell you what, if it's grandma, when you say get out in the name of Jesus, grandma wouldn't leave. She would stay. But when you say get out in the name of Jesus, you see it flee because it's an evil spirit. Other people, they've gone to tarot card readers and psychics and horoscopes. And sometimes they do these seances and meditations. And even in the name of good health, they've done these yoga chants. And people have said that while they've done it, they've felt this power or this sense come over them that they're not alone. Even people have talked about through smoking weeds and doing drugs by, by going to music concerts. Sometimes it's not just Marilyn Manson. Sometimes it could just be a Led Zeppelin back in the day or today. It could just be a rock and roll concert, but people say while they're in that concert, they feel powers come over them. My friend, the devil is real, and his spirits disguise themselves. Wherever we go, they disguise themselves. Let me give you an example. When we see men get addicted to pornography, there is a spirit behind that addiction. Yes, it's the man's free will. He can't tell his wife or girlfriend, the devil made me do it. But by him becoming attracted to something that God calls sin, as this attraction begins, the devil comes with one of his demons and seals that attraction. And now there is a chain that binds this man. And where he wants to turn away from his habit, he can't because in his his soul he is tied to this addiction and it's not only through things like pornography but we see it in alcoholism and drug addiction and the worst of the worst we see satan's dirty hook come into our lives is through unforgiveness 
So many times people are hurt by the devil through things that the devil has inspired in other people's lives. But then the victims themselves, they become so angry and hurt that they don't forgive the one that has hurt them. And by doing that, they open a door to the spirit of bitterness and unforgiveness. And this vile spirit will begin to suck out all of their joy, all of their peace, and they themselves now steam upon anger. They, they brew on it like a, like a tea a kettle just brewing that pain on the inside. And yet they don't know that the demons from hell have been sent to afflict them. I want to show you just a few more verses about these demons so we can not be unaware, as the Bible says. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5, and you'll learn that not only do these demons exist, but these demons also have a, a rank and file that they have to obey themselves a sense of order. Matter of fact, it's Ephesians 6. Go with me there and look at Ephesians 6 verse 10. If you love Jesus, say amen. Don't get scared when I talk about the devil because Jesus is bigger. And the reason why we talk about him is so he can't hide like a cockroach in the closet. Amen. We shine the light right on him and stomp him out. But look at the description, Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. I don't have time to talk to you about this, but here's four tiers of demonic power. The first First one is the ruler. He will try to rule over your life. Then there are authorities that take authority over homes and families and cities. Then there are the powers of darkness that take territories. And then there are demons in heavenly places that rule over nations. And so today our war is not against Islam and the people of the Middle East, but it's against that spirit, that, that power in a heavenly place that is ruling and dictating people's lives. That's your Bible talking. Our fight is not just against so-and-so with the gun robbing another man in our Chicago neighborhoods, but it's against these rulers and authorities that take over these men's lives and possess their minds with these evil thoughts. You see, the Bible says you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So you cannot beat this enemy by simply working out, by simply doing better things for yourself, reading self-help books. Yes, you can maybe stop smoking or lose a little weight on your own, but you won't get rid of that bitterness down deep in your soul. You won't overcome that generational habit of abuse or addiction in your life. It can only be broken by the power of God. And demons flee in the name of Jesus. Do you want to see some stories just quickly of where demons flee in the name of Jesus? If you do, can you say amen? Turn with me to the book of Mark. The book, the book of Mark is known as the action gospel. He wastes no time. He gets right into the story. Go to Mark chapter 1 verse 32 and see how Jesus was as a man who cast out demons. Mark chapter 1 verse 32, that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon possessed. The whole town gathered at the door and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. He did not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. And if you continue on, go to Mark chapter 3 verse 22. 
They saw him casting out demons, and they said he casts out demons by the prince of demons. And they thought that Jesus himself was another witch doctor casting out demons. But he said, no, I cast out demons by the power of God. Go to Mark 5, 12, just showing you the story about Jesus casting out demons. Here he meets a man in verse 10. He had a legion. That means over 5,000 demons. Think about this for a moment, my friends. A legion. Jesus saw the demons and he said, what is your name? And they said, my name is Legion, for we are many. Verse 10. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area please look up at me if one man could have 5,000 demons do you now know how many demons there are in this planet there are an innumerable amount of demons that's why you and I could have assigned to us at any given time two three four and five demons demons of perversion demons of anger demons of bitterness sometimes you're trying to do right and it's not just a thought from your own heart because the Bible says you can be tempted of your own heart and mind but sometimes you know what I'm saying these thoughts come to your mind and they're so clear out of left field they're so far out of the own range of your own mind you don't understand there are demons assigned against you and when they find a place that they can abide when they find people that don't think they exist do you know that the times I've casted out demons the people themselves didn't even know they had the demons so these demons come in unaware and as they come in the Bible says they start to bring in their friends and this man had 5,000 And then a large, verse 11, a large herd of pigs was feeding on nearby hillsides. The demons begged Jesus, send us into the pigs, allow us to go to them. And he gave them permission. Jesus didn't eat lechon or pork at this time. So he's like, hey, go ahead. So he gave them permission and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. You see, Jesus cast out devils. My friends, I want to encourage you today. If you feel that you are being afflicted by the devil in any way, you have come to the right place because there is Pentecostal power for you in the name of Jesus. By the name of Jesus, demons have to flee. It doesn't matter what spirit it is, and it doesn't matter how many there are. They will go in Jesus' name. When I was out there in India, we did the altar call. The church was normal, just like it was here. But the man began to stand up, and as we were praying, he began to scream. And his screams were like shrieks. And at that moment, they knew, the people in the church, that there were demons in this man because it's so much more normal over there. We try to pretend he doesn't exist, but he does, my friends. And as they they were trying to pray for them, I said, bring him to the stage. And when he came to the stage... We rebuked the demons out of that man. He came into his right mind, praised God, fell to his knees and kissed my feet. I said, I'm just a man like you, but Jesus Christ has set you free. I want to tell you today, we've seen it in this church and we've seen it on the streets when we preach the gospel. Jesus still casts out demons in the name above every name. They have to bow. There is Pentecostal power. Look back at Mark 16 and see what else we'll see today. Praise God. If you don't have a demon, find somebody with one. Amen. Find your cousin, your uncle, your aunt. Let's cast them out. Tell those people that you know that worship the false gods. Tell them to come so that you can see one cast out. Praise God. Say on Halloween, don't dress up like a demon. Just bring your friends and we'll cast out the demons. How many believe that? Amen. Now Mark 16 says we will speak. In new tongues. 
Do you know that the Bible says that it is a sign to the world when we speak in new tongues? You may not understand what I'm saying, but God understands what I'm saying. Look at the book of Acts and see the evidence of this. Acts chapter 2 gives us the evidence of when the Holy Spirit came, they spoke in tongues. Look at Acts chapter 2, start in verse 1. Somebody say Pentecostal power. Amen. Come on, hang in with me. We're going to pray for the last half hour. Just give me a few more moments here. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, this is the day Pente, which means 50, cost, just means the day of 50, and it came 50 days after Passover. It was a Jewish feast that celebrated the harvest. So when this day of 50 came, the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. These disciples that Jesus said would receive power. Verse 2. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. In verse 4, all of them. Somebody say all of them. Come on, somebody say it again. All of them. Thank you. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I want you to see something here that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Does that mean today that all of you can be filled? Yes, it does. Every single one of you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And what type of sign was this? Because Jesus said in Mark 16, it would be a sign. Listen to it in verse 5. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, from every nation under under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Here, these people speaking in tongues, they were understood by the people listening from all over the world. Somebody say, that's a miracle. Oh, you're tired now. Say, that's a miracle. Amen. Look at verse 7. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each one of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Pergia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts of Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of our God in our own tongues amazed and perplexed they asked one another what does this mean but verse 13 some however made fun of them and said they had too much wine there is a sign that will happen when you speak in tongues there are two signs rather that will happen one is you may get the gift of speaking somebody else's language and by you speaking that language people will hear the message of God Then now turn with me, that's in Acts 2. Now turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Chapter 13 gives you the second evidence of what happens when the Holy Spirit gives you the gift of speaking in other tongues. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of what? 
angels. We see that there are two types of tongues, the one of men and the one of angels. God may give you, by the special power of the Holy Spirit, the ability to speak another language. Do you know that when Agnes Osman got filled with the Holy Ghost in 1903, when she got filled with the Holy Ghost, she spoke perfect Mandarin Chinese? Do you know that at times when I have spoken in tongues, Indian brothers have heard entire messages from my words spoken directly to them, and I've never learned their language one time. But yet the Bible says that there's also tongues of angels, meaning there's tongues that when we speak, nobody will understand. Just look in verse 2 of chapter 14. Turn to the next chapter. Paul talking about these gifts. Verse 2, he says, For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. So there are times when the supernatural power of God will come on you. You'll speak in a tongue that you've never learned and people around you will understand and that will be a sign. Another type of a sign is when you speak in a tongue that nobody understands but you utter mysteries to God. And now you'll see how it's a sign. Keep on going down to verse 7 of this same chapter. Verse seven, or, or rather go to verse 11. And you'll see that uh, this spiritual gift continues to be talked about. If then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I am a foreigner to the speaker and he's a foreigner to me. So it is with you. So you are eager to have spiritual gifts, but try to excel in gifts that build up the church. Now listen, verse 13. For this reason, anyone who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret what he says. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit and I will pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit and I will also sing with my mind. The Bible says that when we're together and we're speaking in tongues that we can actually ask God for the interpretation of the very tongues we're speaking. So even though at the moment it sounds like gibberish, we can ask God and say, what does this mean? And it can be interpreted. Are you listening to me? So you may learn by God's grace another language, speak it out, and somebody say, I hear what you're saying. Another time you may speak a tongue of an angel, but you will be in a service and say, God, give me the interpretation. And then you could interpret that. I've seen services where people have been together and somebody had a tongue, and when they spoke it out, nobody understood it. But then somebody else interpreted it, and the people in the church said, that message was for me. How did that person know what to say. You see, Mark chapter 16 said these would be signs. Can you turn back there as you say amen? I'm moving quickly now. Mark chapter 16. Somebody say Pentecostal power. Thank you. We will cast out demons. We will then speak in new tongues. And then lastly, we will handle snakes and drink poison. Nancy, will you please get the cobras from out the back and the cyanide? We're going to prove we have the Holy Ghost. That's where this tradition came from, from the people in the Ozarks. As they said, we have to now prove to them we have the Holy Ghost as a sign. But my friends, as you study history, you realize that this is not something you're supposed to bring upon yourself. What Jesus is saying is the third sign is invincibility. Everybody say invincibility. 
That means until God says it's your time, you're not leaving. And by you living through the things you'll live through, mostly through our missionaries' lives, these will be testimonies unto God. The Bible actually records that when Paul was gathering wood for a fire on an island full of pagans, a viper bit his arm, and this viper was to kill him. It was to be poisonous. But the Bible says he shook it off, and God healed him, and this was a sign. Now, how have I seen these things demonstrated in our lives? I remember one time we were driving to a church service, me and a fellow Bible college student, and as we were driving down the highway to Columbus, Ohio, to visit Rod Parsley's church, we were going about 75 miles an hour, and I saw within a flash of a moment the car brake lights come on, and the car in front of me instantly come to a stop. It had crashed into the car in front of it. At that moment, I began to speak in tongues and I put on my brakes and I said just as fast as I could speaking in tongues oh Jesus protect us at that moment I'm watching for my review mirror two cars behind me speeding just as fast as I was they slam on their brakes they spin around me hit each other in this area and then smash into the cars in front of me our car was not even touched by the Pentecostal power of Jesus Christ. Now you would shout louder if you were in the car that day. Come on somebody. Now I'm not a superstitious person and I don't tell silly stories. I know what I saw and it was impossible for it to be any other way than God's invincible power. I have heard our missionaries having to go through floods with their vehicles because they promised a church they would come to the meetings, but flash floods happened in the country, and they drove their their truck into water over their vehicles where electronics and engines should break down, but they drove on the bottom of those rivers and came back up. I don't believe these men to be liars either. God can demonstrate his power in supernatural ways when you have Pentecostal power. Amen. And then you see this in the life of Jesus. So often they tried to kill him, but it wasn't his time. Do you remember when they tried to push him off of a cliff, but he walked away from him or the crowd? I've heard stories of people smuggling Bibles. Uh, these YWAMers, these young kids, 18 years old, were smuggling Bibles into China. And they had the Bibles in their suitcases. And the guards stopped them, and they knew if they found the Bibles, they would be arrested. They remember watching the guards unzip their suitcases look at the Bibles and then turn one to another and say we see nothing let them pass by you see God has his hand of protection upon his church until it's our time they can't take you out baby until Jesus says it's time they can't try but they won't succeed many weapons may be formed against you but they will not prosper hallelujah you see this all throughout the Bible. We could go into the Old Testament and the stories of Moses and the things that God delivered them from, bringing water out of a rock, bringing doves and quail from, from the sky down to the earth, and just feeding them and sustaining them upon manna every day. Our God is a powerful God. Amen. 
And then lastly, the Bible says they will place their hands on the sick people and they will get well. Look at with me to the book of James in closing. James chapter 5. Lilani, would you come back, please? In James chapter 5, the Bible teaches us the tradition of the church that they had for praying for the sick. It was such a normal uh, event for people to get healed that they were actually surprised if people didn't get healed. I'm going to say that again so you can hear me. If we see somebody get healed, we think that's out of the ordinary. We call that extraordinary. Wow, somebody got healed tonight. But do you know that it was so normal in their meetings, it would be extraordinary, out of the ordinary if somebody didn't get healed. They counted on it. As a matter of fact, there was no Medicare. There was not the medicine we have today. Lepers would have to be healed. Otherwise, they would die and live in that colony as a lonely leper. Today, we see the tradition that they had. And let it be more than just a tradition. Let it be in the power of this New Testament church. Look at it, starting in chapter 5, verse 13 of James. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. How many believe we should pray? Amen. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Have we done that today? Have we prayed and have we singed? Now look at the next verse. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. Are there elders in this place today? Yes, there are elders, men and women of God, who have been anointed by God and appointed by God to pray for you. And look at verse 15. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. And if he has sinned, he will be forgiven. And hear this last verse. Therefore, confess your sins to each other, not to a priest, but to each other. And pray for each other. So now it's not just elders that have to pray, though they should be in the church. But you can confess your sins to each other. And you can pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Can we say that last part on the count of three? One, two, three. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Would you stand to your feet today? Praise God. There is Pentecostal power. When Jesus sent the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, they spoke in tongues. They cast out devils. They were invincible, and they laid their hands on sick people, and they were well. Let's go through the order of Mark chapter 16 together. Would you just close your eyes and raise your hands to heaven if you already love God, and just start to tell them you believe right now. Come on, just say, I believe, Jesus. Amen. Adam, would you come on the guitar? Let's set the atmosphere of faith in here. Just like you can have an atmosphere of team spirit when you're rooting for your team and we can feel that because we have souls. The Bible says we can set an atmosphere with our souls today that can actually encourage one another. Come on, let's put the atmosphere of faith in this place. Those of you who have already seen these miracles in your own life, just begin to thank Him that He's a powerful God. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, God. We worship you, Jesus. You're awesome, God. Hallelujah. If you're already baptized in the Holy Ghost, come on, just begin to speak in other tongues today. 
Come on, I've left this last half hour for us to pray, to see miracles in this house. Come on, there is Pentecostal power in this place. Now, just as you're praying, I'm going to ask that you would begin to pray for any in this place that don't believe in Jesus or have not been born again, that they would come forward. So Christians begin to pray, and if you're a guest today and you don't know the Lord or you're a backslider and that means you used to follow God but you've turned away, we ask you to come to this altar right now. Nobody's going to embarrass you. We just want to pray for you. Just step forward to these steps right here, wherever you are right now. Amen. Praise God. Anybody else today? Quickly, don't wait. We're here praying for you. You can listen to us. We're praying. God, save them.